Joining us on the phone, Josh Davis, better known as DJ Shadow. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us a bit. No problem. Thank you. I wanted to ask you, uh, first of all, one thing, because we're a community radio station here. I know you kind of got going early on as a disc jockey in uh, community radio at KDVS. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like for you, and how did it kind of help get you started? I first started uh, listening to KDVS because it was one of the few places where when I turned the, the, the dial on my radio, you know, over and over in the early 80s, um, every once in a while somebody would either accidentally or just for a moment play a hip-hop record. And if you go back 25 years, I mean, um, you know, rap was not on the radio outside of maybe a couple hours in, uh, a week in New York on a couple stations. One of the first outlets to support hip-hop was college radio. But it was very hard to find any consistency. In other words, like, I'd hear a pretty decent rap song and then it'd be Camper Van Beethoven. So in other words, it would go from rap to just something I really didn't care about. Eventually, a few years later, around 85, 86, I started hearing a guy uh, doing like a two, three-hour R&B and rap show. And I started calling up and requesting things just to you know, give him some incentive to, to keep doing what he was doing. And eventually I said, you know, hey, I do little mixes. He's like, oh, you know, bring one over. You know, I think at some point I just said, hey, could I come over and check, you know, watch you DJ and whatever. So that's what I, that's how I got started. And it was, it was more or less initially just because in the town that I lived in, Davis, there was nobody else to talk to about hip hop or rap, you know. And this guy who was DJing was from um, the Bay Area, you know and had access to a lot more records than I did. And, and so it was, an, it was an excuse for me to check out the new vinyl and just compare notes and compare opinions about new records. So you got to go through his library of stuff and expand uh, things that you were listening to, but then you also got to be on the air doing that as well, right? Yeah, I started doing um, playing my own little mixes, like, you know, 10, 15, 20-minute mixes. I didn't want to hijack what he was doing and... You know, between, uh, I was going to say between you and me, but that doesn't really work when you're on the radio, but, you know, he and I both knew that I, you know, as a sort of a young buck, he was a little bit of an older dude, and, you know, he, he did weddings and stuff like that a lot, and so his mixing skill was not really what it could have been, <laughs> let's just say, and so I think he, he liked the fact that there was this, you know, 13, 14-year-old kid from the town that he was studying, and that was really passionate about it and he wanted to give me an avenue and and he saw that I had some skill and you know he was the first person to put me on a set of Techniques 1200s and um, so you know he, he really kind of he was like my mentor. Well, I wanted to ask you a little bit too about having an adventurous ear and how you kind of developed your ability to search stuff out I mean was there a, a time when you realized that whatever you're hearing on the radio even though you had KDVS there was a lot more out there and you needed to find some way to find it. You're talking about like in the mid-80s? Yeah. Well, um, as far as my listening on the radio went, I mean, you know, back then in California, it was like a patchwork quilt that you had to build of your own hip-hop perspective because the information was so few and far between. I mean, I think anybody that you talked to that was growing up in that era and was passionate about rap would tell you like oh you know i had a friend from texas that used to mix and he'd bring back tapes from texas and 
another guy would be like, yeah, I had a friend from New York bring back mixes of Red Alert or Mr. Magic or something. And, or somebody, you know, every once in a while you could get KDAY in Los Angeles, which had a strong connection to New York uh, via some of the DJs they had and stuff. So, you know, it was just like a, uh, an underground network of people trying to find out more and more about, you know, and then for me, a little bit later, it became about finding out, like, what records people were scratching and what the original breakbeats were, which was very secret knowledge back in that day. It was very coveted, you know, that, that information was not just given out to anybody. So that's what it was all about in that, in that era, and uh, my father uh, lived in San Jose, so I would be able to get all the Oakland and, and San Francisco area stations and as usual, when you're near uh, a major city or a metropolitan area, there's more likely that there's going to be um, a station that's going to cater towards black audiences and, and be playing R&B and rap and whatever else. So I would pick up on little mixes here and there. And, and so it's just that's how it all came together. It was just a constant searching out of um, like-minded people and... Much the same, I think, with any scene, you know, whether it's punk rock in the or circa 76, 77, you know, you just, it's not like you can turn on the radio or turn on the television and hear about it, but you can maybe get lucky and just see some little glimpse of something that, that makes you, kind of sparks your imagination and to think like, oh, you know, there's somebody like me or somebody, you know, representing this culture in a, in a place that I didn't realize had the culture. And if they're doing it and I'm doing it, maybe it's you know nationwide now or something. And so for you to first discover someone like David Axelrod or something like that was probably a lot harder than maybe it might be to discover stuff now with the internet and other things. Do you find that it's easier now to find stuff or is it still just as much a challenge to find something really unique? Um, I think it's always going to be a challenge to find something that um, you feel like is a new frontier. And... Um, for me, it can be something from the 60s or 70s, or it could be something from 2007 that I just feel people aren't up on yet. I mean, I've always had this uh, sense of trying to champion what I feel like is unknown or under-acknowledged. In 93, when I was first started, you know, kind of... Actually, I think of 93 because uh, the guy who ran Moax Records, the label I started out on, um, when he came to visit the Bay Area, um, and we had just been talking on the phone up to that point, I remember driving this old 77 Cadillac, and the tape in my car was a tape I had made of um, Songs of Innocence by David Axelrod. And, and in that moment, you know, we were driving, he's like, what, what is this? It's amazing. I was like, oh, this is David Axelrod. He's like, who's that? I was like, I don't know. I think he's just kind of like a, I've got all these records on Capitol he produced. And, and so, you know, it's, yeah, now with the internet, it's sort of, you know, everybody's an instant authority. But, you know, of course, the main problem with the internet is so much of what I read is so wrong. I mean, just factually. Because anybody, any old blowhard can just throw up any information. And if it's obscure enough, they just figure nobody will ever find out. I mean, I see it all the time when people try and, like, uh, guess my samples and I'll, I'll be lurking in a chat room or something and somebody will be like, Oh, no, no, you don't know that? Oh, that's this. And I'm just sitting there thinking, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is about the Internet. It's just, I think, because there's no accountability and you don't have to, nobody needs to know who you are. You just sort of show up and you sound like you know what you're talking about and every, the next thing you know, you're Mr. 
Mr. Sample or whatever. I think it parallels in general daily life, actually. Yeah, sure. Well, I was reading a little bit about, you were talking about how you went and put together The Outsider and how you don't really like to think about it until the end when you actually put it together. And one thing you had mentioned, you know, just kind of offhandly, it said, well, and then there's a little political interlude. But I wanted to ask you about what you, I guess, referred to as a political interlude uh, with like Broken Levy Blues and on previous recordings, uh, tracks like Six Days. And my question would be the importance of uh, musicians addressing political themes of the day and what do you feel about that? I don't feel that it's a foregone conclusion that every musician should uh, express their political opinion necessarily in song at all. I just sort of feel like um, there's certain things that, that occur and I think the Hurricane Katrina debacle was one such thing that, you, that I've witnessed you know, take, take place in real time, albeit on the news, that I just felt an obligation to not let go by. I mean, in the same way that, you know, I, I look at records from, for example, the Vietnam era, there's probably thousands of examples of, of songs of protest from that era. And um, so you look at that and you just kind of go, well, um, you know, I appreciate the fact that I can learn through music what the mood was like culturally, you know, at the time and, and where people's heads were at in a way that you never can just from watching some 60-minute news special about an entire decade. Um, because, again, then your you're, music tends to be a little more honest because it's coming from one person. It's not coming from um, a collection of sound bites that can be organized in such a way as to uh, get somebody else's point across. I know we're pressed for time, so let me just ask you one more question, and this may come out a little out of left field because you sound like a fairly modest guy, but at some point, do you ever consider or do you ever think about the fact that, you know, growing up, you hear artists as you're getting older, and you hear them, and you go, these are the people who are, like, shaping what's happening now in music, and does it ever hit you at all that, you know, you're one of those people at this point? Um, I mean, uh... I just honestly don't, I, I, um, I'm very used to thinking about my own contributions and my own career in very modest terms because that's, just, you know, it's, it's funny because any time that I may start to think like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big shot or, you know, uh, I can start throwing my weight around, something will happen that will just smack me right back down to uh, the ground floor. So, um I, I feel honestly at this point, having been putting out records for 16 years, that if you're not paying dues and if you're not um, struggling and, and if you're not sort of sitting in class learning and, and going back to class over and over, um, then that's a sign that you've stalled and, and that you're, you're not trying anymore. Um, I mean, I wish I could say that, you know, I, I had high hopes for The Outsider as, a, as an album and as, a, as something that, you know, I thought that I could hold up for all the people who always complain that, you know, people don't try hard enough on their records, that, you know, there's all this filler, they all sound the same, and um, when's somebody going to put out a record that, you know, really shakes things up? And I felt like it was that type of record, but, you know, uh, it hasn't really, you know, done what I wanted it to do, so... Again, it's just, you know, but I have to keep trying, and, and I feel like um, to just sort of s settle back on some sort of, like, 
oh, I can just make another, you know, introducing type record because that's what people really want, and I should just go and do that. And that would be the easy thing to do, and it'd probably be the smart thing to do. But unfortunately, it seems like I have a hard time being able to get myself to do that. Well, you don't want to be typecast. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, thanks a lot, DJ Shadow, for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks a lot. Work the chain, work the chain, work the chain. System.